0: Welcome to Gardening Talk back on a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great, great to see you. In yeah, the great to see once you again. Great to see you. Great to see the rain tinkling
1: down from the sky again. How good is it? Yeah. And rain for the next few days as well. Fingers crossed. So the gardens are going to be just taking off. Anything that was you know looking a little bit slow will be shooting forward now. Beautiful stuff. Mm. Flowers
0: blooming. Well, it is spring. It is spring, and so they should be. Scott, what have you got for us today? I think we'll
1: talk about a plant that's out at the moment, the Cape Chestnut, any bulbs you might want to plant, and what to do with the bugs now that the humidity is no doubt going to turn up. Oh, bugs. Flies are back too. I had a mozzie in the room the other night. Already? Yeah, in fact, that's two of them I've had. That's a sleepless
0: night right there. It is. No, I I got the fly spray and just went, shh, and got rid of them both. That's been awful. Quick draw. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got Sue from Stroud, and she's got a question about snow, actual beetroots forming. Well, oh, that doesn't sound good, Sue. How can we help you?
2: <laughs> no, uh, it, it doesn't. Uh, for two years now, I've been putting in uh, beetroot seedlings yeah. um, and I get you know, um, lots of leaves, um, but no vegetable.
1: What are you fertilising with? Cow manure. Oh, that's good. I was hoping you might have said poultry manure, and then my job would have been done, and I could have, you know, read you the right act about that, not doing that high nitrogen, blah blah blah. But you're doing the right thing. Uh, you're not using any grass clippings or anything in the area no, as well. Oh, okay. No, I do put down uh, hay though
2: um,
1: for mulch. Yeah, how green is that hay when you put it down? Oh no, it's not green. Oh, okay. So hay, hay is a certain thing. Is that I'm, I'm I'm not that au fait with the hay.
2: Uh, so... <laughs> actually, when I say hay, actually, I did have used hay, I think, last year, but um, I used, I think this year, I've used sugarcane mulch
1: Okay, look, and that, that's great, because uh, what, I'm, what I was concerned about is you might have been using something, you know, some green mulch, some grass clippings or something, and, and that no. actually provides too much nitrogen to the soil uh, and just creates yeah. that green leafy growth on the plants. Uh, look, what mm-hmm. I would be doing, uh, continue using the cow manure, uh, I would also be getting some sea salt as well because effectively effectively, what you're trying to do is build up the root system of the plant. That, that...
2: I, use, I do. Oh. I use that when I plant, yeah.
1: Okay, so that's sounding quite unusual in that case, and this has happened the last couple of years as well? Yes, yeah, it has, yep, yep. Okay, look, all I can recommend for you at the moment is just to continue using the manure like you're doing and the the sea salt, keep on using that probably weekly if you can to try and build that up in the soil. That'll be an instant thing for the plant. Uh, look, the other thing you can do as well, uh, get another type of liquid fertiliser like Flourish or Thrive and uh, yep. keep and keep on using that. And then the reason I'm saying that is because it's got a lot of trace elements in it. Uh, look, if you have got some trace elements out in the shed, uh, you could start using those as well to build up in the soil. Uh, right. But, uh, if you've got the flourish or thrive, use that as well because it gets absorbed into the plant very, very quickly. So, uh, look, I'll just be doing the, uh, the cow. Keep on using the sea soil every week. And if you've got some trace elements, give them a crack.
2: Um, I also do have a meter for testing the soil. Yes. Um, what what's what the right soil for them
1: acidic or alkaline no look I'd be going with a look about a, a seven or down to a six and a half so it'd be slightly acidic or just pH neutral right yeah, uh, okay. so and look nothing really you know more alkaline or, or acidic than that uh, yeah. I'd and if if you do test it and you find out that it is you know one way or the other, then it's going to be something you're going to have to correct. So you'd use lime if you're too acidic and you use some sulphur if it's too alkaline.
2: Okay, all right. Good. Okay,
1: (laughs) give it a crack and see what happens.
2: I will, for sure. Okay. Thank you. Right, bye-bye.
1: Okay, thank you, Sue.
3: Bye-bye.
0: we've got Julie now from Womberall and she's got a question about the mango tree. Julie, how can we help you?
3: Scott, my new growth on the mango tree seems to be very... Ripples would be the word I'd use. Yes, okay. Um, I can't see any bugs or anything like that, and it's not like curly leaves like you get on a lemon tree. Uh-huh. Is that normal?
1: Uh, look, probably not. Uh, in, in fact, I'd say definitely not. They should be nice sort of uh, smooth leaves on your mango. What I would be doing is going and getting a product called Eco Oil. It's a, uh, sort of an organic miticide you can use. Oh, I've got that. Excellent. Okay, so I'd give that a go. Uh, And what that does is it puts a protective coating over the leaves of the plant. So if you have got any mites in there, and that's often how uh, mite activity or mite stings on leaves present themselves. You get that sort of rippling, puckered uh, type effect there. Uh, Look, the other thing that's happening with mangoes at the moment is as, as I was driving around on the weekend, I noticed that they were all out in flower, which is a fantastic thing. And no doubt the rain's going to really promote them as well. But when they come out in flower, you actually have to go and start to spray with a, a copper-based spray for fungicide, for fungus on your mangoes. So that's really important to do at this time as well. Uh, because what happens is, unfortunately, if you don't do that, uh, the uh, fungus called anthracnose starts to form in the flower now. And it actually continues into the fruit. And that's when you get those black spots and the, so that blossom end rot on the fruit. So it's really important you use copper oxychloride at this time of year on the flower buds and uh, just try and protect those from the anthracnose.
3: And you can join the two of those together?
1: Uh, look, you'd have to do them separately. I would use the mitocide first and then do the copper oxychloride probably the day or so after.
3: How many days or hours after rain? Uh,
1: look, again, the copper spray sort of forms a coating on there, but it will wash off. And uh, the uh, eco oil, uh, look, you'd probably wait until it's completely dry with that.
3: I'm going to be in trouble then, aren't I?
1: Unfortunately, you will be probably for the next few days. So it might not be until the weekend that you get a chance to go out there and, uh, and give it a go. Okay, great.
3: Thank okay. you very much.
1: Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Julie. Have a nice afternoon.
0: Bye. It's guarding Talk back on 2 FM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Olwen from Elivana, And she's got some dye back in the roses. How can we help you?
4: I would like you to
3: tell me how I can fix the dieback in my roses before they all die on me. I've uh, got 50, 50 okay. jolly things and it's starting to spread through all of them.
1: Uh, so did you prune them back uh, yourself this year? Yes, I did. Yeah, and you did it, right, you did it just above the bud intersection? Yep. Yep, excellent, yeah. <laughs> okay.
5: Yeah, I've
3: had them growing for about 40 years and a long time ago I lost a lot of them and I've had no trouble until this year and
1: got the dieback back back again yeah okay Uh, look all i can recommend to you is just to try and prune that dieback out uh so you're actually you know as you know you go back to down to the near just above the nearest bud you know below where the dieback is what i would then say to you is to uh you know depending on how many leaves are still on there to get some lime sulfur Uh, Because if you use the lime sulfur, it will burn back any existing leaves on there. But the lime sulfur actually more or less seals up those ends for you. Uh, to stop any uh, you know fungal disease getting in, uh, it kills it off and it will stop that dieback for you. If you're really concerned about it, the other thing you can get is a product called SteriPrune, uh, and you actually you can get that in a uh, pressure pack or you can get it uh, in a, like a little paint tin, and you yeah. just go and paint the ends of those uh, uh, you know that where you've been pruning, uh, yeah. that, and that will actually seal it off for you as well. But I'd probably
0: try the uh, the uh, lime sulphur first to uh, try and seal those off for you. And we've got Anne from Toronto, and she's got a question about her petunias kept getting eaten. And what's eating them?
6: I don't know, but um, I put in twenty six petunias. Yes. And the next morning, um, they were practically all gone. So I, I, I went to Bunnings and explained the situation, and they said that they thought it was possums because all the leaves were gone and just the stalk was left. Anyway, I planted another twenty four. And I put down the recommended scat, and I spread them all with scat. And again, they've all been eaten. So I'm about to try for the third time. I've got all the petunias, but I haven't put them in yet. So what can I do to not have them eaten?
1: I, I, I'd just like to com- I'd just like to compliment your mathematical uh, um, brilliance. There, you've actually 26, 24, so there's 50 of them so far, which isn't good. Yeah. Uh, so, I I think they've pro- the people who gave you that advice are probably on the money because when something disappears, you know, very quickly overnight like that, it's going to be a possum or a rat as well. You know, they'll come down and have a bit of a feast if they want to. Uh, I would suggest it probably is the possum. Now the thing with using uh, products like Scat or um, you know Keep Off is that possums are very, very persistent. So it is quite difficult to get rid of them uh, like that, just using a, you know, a one-off application. Uh, look, all I can say to you is keep on trying and hopefully uh, you know, it's gone off to greener pasture somewhere. The other thing you could do is leave a couple of apples out somewhere you know, so that they go, go for those rather than your petunias. That's what I'll be doing.
6: Okay. Yep. And when um, I put in the new ones, um, I'll spray them straight away with, with
1: the scat? Uh, look, you can uh, just make sure with scat that you can actually spray on the leaves of the plant. It might be something that you're better to actually spray, uh, you know, the soil and surrounding areas. Uh, the other uh, thing that you can do is make up your own, you know, sort of scat at home if you want to, using uh, garlic and uh, chilli in water and then mix that up into a paste in the blender uh, and, you know, sort of spread that around. You can water it right down as well if you want to and spray it also. Uh, so, look, that might be another way to uh, to try and keep the little buggers off. Okay. Um, what was that again? Yeah, we, use? I, we've often recommended using garlic and chili, and you just blend, you know, chili up, a couple of garlic up uh, in the blender, add some water in there, and just churn it all up into a nice sort of mixture, and you can either use it in the watering can and water it around the area or spray it on if you want to. Yeah. I mean,
6: I'll, I'll try it again. I mean, sometimes they say
1: third time's lucky, isn't it? Well, apparently so. How many are you going to put in this time?
6: Well, another 26.
1: Another 26. you'll have done 76 plants by that stage. I yeah. hope it works for you.
6: It's getting a bit expensive. Another thing, Scott, is that um, I had a lovely display in the front, and I came out one morning, and my impatience, some of them had been pulled out, and they were quite high. All my pansies had been tossed around, and then my um, neighbour told me that she'd seen a couple of cockatoos at them, Yes. So, again, I had to go and put in all new impatiens, and this time I put in petunias because the pansies were sort of on their last legs. Well, so far, every morning I look out and they're still intact. <laughs> Nothing has happened. But what can I do to... Um, Make sure the birds don't come back. Is there anything I can
1: spray there? Yeah, look, there's not much you can do there. I'll I'll vouch for your neighbour. He's telling the truth. I've seen the cockies do that myself. Uh, Just sort of come over and pull pansies and you know petunias out of the ground for absolutely no apparent reason. I I have no idea why they're doing it uh, because they're not eating them or anything. I've seen them pull them out and just walk, you know, a couple of feet one way, drop them, go back over to the garden and do the same thing.
6: if they pulled them out and tossed them over their shoulder, sort
1: of thing. They look, they just might not have liked the colour that you were, you know, they might have wanted you to put in red and pink rather than, you know, white and something. That's, I, I don't, I just have no answer for the old cocky. Unfortunately, he does, uh, they do weird and wonderful things sometimes. They're a gregarious bird. Oh, well, perhaps
6: Steve um, had to share from me and they will try
1: someone
6: else. Um... <laughs> okay, okay, thanks Anne. very much.
0: Scott. Okay, have a good okay. afternoon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. We've got Carol from Butter Bar and her. Tahitian lime flowers, and then fruit drops off. I know why because they're in Butterbar, not Tahiti, where they really want to be. That <laughs> <laughs> they this. This is
1: my my first um, sort of touch on it. How can we help you with it, Carol?
3: Um, it's look. I had one before in Moree, Yeah. Before I moved down here. Yeah. And I've had it for um, almost three years. Um, and we I get lots of flowers, and I feed it citrus. Mm-hmm. Um, I water it under its foliage um, I think I'm doing all the right things But um, it seems like as soon as there's small fruit are on there They just drop off
1: Yeah, and look, that that's the time when the plant's going to be at its most stress, When it's trying to carry the, the flower and the fruit forming uh, So no. it is really important to make sure that it's very well watered at that time Unfortunately here in Newcastle yeah. That's often when the uh, westerly winds start to come in And uh, the plant gets a little bit stressed, you know, the humidity levels drop, uh, you know, the plants dry out more readily. And the first thing they're going to do is drop that uh, fruit to thin out and try and survive, essentially. Uh, the other yeah. thing you can do is use sulphate of potash. Uh, look, that's something, okay. that's something that you start to build up in the soil over time. So it's not just something, you know, you'd, you're a product that you go and put on now and it's going to instantly cure the problem. Uh, but it's something you'd use, you know, monthly, for instance, in the soil and uh, try and build it up. Now, is yours in the ground or in a pot? It's in,
3: no, it's in the ground.
1: It's in the ground, okay. Because when you're talking about using citrus food, yes, you can only use that uh, in the ground. It's, uh, you know, sort of a bit uh, dicey to try and use it when you are uh, got to plant in a pot because people often overuse it but look I would say to you that the main thing is when it's got its flowers and fruit to make sure that it's really really well watered at that time uh, just to try and uh, you know protect that and de-stress the plant as much as possible
3: well they're dropping off at the moment and I think it's getting plenty of water
1: uh, look it probably is at the moment uh, look again the plant the plant will just drop whatever it, it has to to try and survive so there must be something you know not quite right with it and and, mm-hmm. and generally you know that is a lack of water uh, using the potash does promote you know stronger flowering and fruiting so it's probably something that you go you know if you start using it now uh, look it will help you know down the track uh, but I would say it's going to help more so uh, in about a
0: year's time when we get to this stage again.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Okay, not a problem. Thanks for that, Carol.
3: Thanks, okay, bye. Bye-bye. You
0: now we've got Alec now from carry carry and his orange tree not a 100%. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Off to uh, Dr. Scott with the orange
1: tree, <laughs> <laughs> Alec. How can we help you, mate?
7: Yes, good afternoon. How are you today? Very well. Okay, now I've got this orange tree, navel orange. Um, now, for 12 months or so, it's dropped, it's it, I had about a dozen fruit off it. It's it's quite old. I mean, it's probably 30-year-old, two metres plus high. Um, But the the tips of the the branches are sort of dying off, and um, at the moment it's uh, flowering uh, and that, but uh, as far as um, the the branches are sort of dying Mm -hmm. off... um, So I'm just wondering is there anything I can spray over it or... Or do we dig it out and put a new one in, or I don't
1: know? No, mate, look, I wouldn't dig it out and put a new one in. What Look, what I would have recommended to you, uh, especially if it, if it wasn't flowering, is to actually give it a good old prune back and try and freshen it up, you know, cut yeah, out all well, that. well, it's
7: flowering, and there's a of flower on it, yeah. but...
1: Uh, so, obviously, you don't you don't want to, you know, uh, disturb that at the moment. Uh, no, no. Yeah, so certainly I once...
7: I I fed it about three or four weeks ago with uh, citrus food and all that, so... Yeah. Yeah, well it's hard to uh I don't know why it's it's, it's doing this, you know.
1: Yeah, okay, so look, I would uh, wait till it's finished uh, fruiting and flowering and uh-huh. then give it a good prune back. Uh, keep on feeding it like you have been, citrus-like yep. poultry manure as well, uh, yep. so you can give it some poultry manure if you want to, and yep. just make sure that it's being well watered. Uh, oh, look, yes, there's
7: tons of water on it. I
1: mean. the, the only other thing it can be is, you know, citrus can get borers in them once they get a little bit... Uh, yeah, well, you know, that's uh, what
7: I'm worried about, so yeah. I just wonder if there's anything I could spray it with to, Yeah. Uh,
1: Look, uh, g- generally, the what we recommend for borers is, uh, you know, just watering it heavily and trying to drive that sap stream up and keeping the plant as healthy mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, look, well, it, 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 the old remedy used to be that you'd actually get the drill out and actually yeah. drill into the trunk of the tree and put, uh, you know, an insecticide like malathion into it. Yeah, it's got, it's got plenty of malathion. Yeah, so look, you you could give that a try if you want to. It's always important though to plug those holes back up again with some wood putty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or
7: well, put the
1: yeah, so you you can give you can give that a try if you want to and see if you have a result mm. with it. That's sort of the old the old remedy, uh, but generally now it's just to uh, you know mulch, uh, water, and uh, oh, yeah, try. It's, and keep... it's
7: got loose and mulch around it all the time. And, good, good, and yeah, um, it's it, I keep it damp, you know.
1: Yeah, so look, I uh, do
7: I do a fair bit of aquatherapy on it. Uh, of an afternoon and things.
1: <laughs> I think so, I, I think we've got we've got the drift there. Uh, so, yeah. look, mate, if you if you're really keen and you want to give the marathon a try, grab the drill out and uh, drill drill it. some holes down in the trunk. But make sure you uh, you actually uh, close those back up again. Otherwise, it can just
0: be an incursion point for another Understand insect. Understand. Yeah. Okay, Thank you very much. Okay, good on you, Alec. Thank okay. you.
7: Marathon.
0: None. Okay, thanks, mate. Cheers. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 R F M. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216. And we go to Margaret from Salamander. And she's got a question on the pansies. Margaret, how can we help you? Um,
5: Scott, I've got a garden patch and uh, I put some um, compost in it and turned it over oh, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And then I planted some pansies in. Uh, and they came up absolutely beautiful. And now I've gone out and looked at them and all of a sudden... This is weird. Um, they seem as though they've been cut off on the stem down on ground level. And, of course, the stem and the flower fall down on the ground. Yeah. And they're just falling apart with all this rhone and everything that we're having. Yeah. I did sp- I did spray them with pyrethrum because mm-hmm. um, they had those white things on them, those aphids or whatever they are. Yes. And I thought, um, I sprayed them with that, but... Uh, I don't think that wouldn't
1: have done it, would it? No, look, that that shouldn't have done it. What I would say with... It's pan- not,
5: well, with <laughs> look, it not be slaters.
1: Look, it could be slaters, those curly little buggers. They can do some damage. Uh, but look, what I'd be saying to you is that, uh, you know, coming towards this time of year, we're, you know, mid-October now. It really is towards the end of pansy season. And so once it starts to get a bit humid... And we start to get, uh, you know, the rain like we're getting at the moment. Yep. You are yep. going to start to, you know, they're tired now. It's it's time to pull them out and go for the petunias. Uh, pansies really don't like getting into the hum- into the humidity or to the heat of summer here in Newcastle. So oh, it it just
5: seemed weird that um, most of the others are all right, and when I was picking them up off the ground, um, I just noticed that. They just look as though they've been snipped with a pair of scissors.
1: Yeah, and look at sl- ground level. Yeah, slaters can do that, but uh, again, you know, they actually provide quite a lot of benefit as well. You know, they're eating, oh, eating I stuff.
5: I know. That's why I, blo- I haven't worried about them. Would they do that?
1: Uh, they, they, they can they'll, they'll get in and eat all sorts of organic material, but you know as far as eating you know a pansy down like that you know pr- probably not, I'm more thinking that it's just the end of the season for them and uh, the rain and everything. it's just it's sort of time to to move on from the pansies and, and go with the petunias.
5: Oh okay, well yeah, I'm going to do that but uh, yeah, I just sort of seemed weird that when I picked it up it, um, it's sort of been cut off at um, soil level. It just hasn't fallen over
1: by itself and died. No, no, it wouldn't have have done that. Weird. Okay, Margaret, well, good luck with that, and uh, we'll talk to you later on. Thank
8: you.
0: Bye. And we've got Paul from the Hunter Bromelad. Is that right? Bromeliad. 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 Well, he's from the Society of (laughs) Bat. And he wants to tell us, Scott, some things that are coming up. Hey, Paul, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Scott? Very well. What have you got to
1: tell us?
8: Uh, basically, this Saturday morning um, from nine until three, we've got our annual display and plant sale on at um, the Henderson Park Hall at um, Lockyer Street, Adamstown. Excellent. And I was just inviting everyone to come along and have a look at some fantastic plants and yeah, get some free advice and.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, look, Paul. If if people you know have got problems with their bromeliads, uh, you know, they want to yeah. learn how to get them to you know to flower, or you know just how they generally mm. grow. Uh, are they fine to yeah. come along and ask questions like that as well? Absolutely.
8: Yeah. You know, more, everyone's welcome. Yeah, okay. And look, that. look you yeah, probably you probably don't
1: food, you probably don't want them bringing their own plants along though. What? How would photos? Would that be something they could do to ask questions about them?
8: Yeah, or um, on the same day every month, we have our monthly meetings. So if people wanted to do that sort of thing, they could certainly come to our next meeting in November. Or, um, yeah, bring some photos and we can have a look. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of growers there that can give some friendly advice about what the problem may
1: be. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So we've got your we've got the uh, show on this Saturday between 9 and 3 at Henderson uh, Park in Lockyer Street, Adamstown. And That's then, right. just correct me, every other Saturday, there, you've got a, monthly, a weekly meeting, have you?
8: No, it's the third Saturday of every month. So this, um, this month, like this Saturday, replaces our monthly meeting.
1: Ah, okay. And then
8: next month on the same third Saturday, um, yeah, we have our meeting at the same place.
1: Excellent, yeah. okay. And look, it's uh, all absolutely free to come along and ask those sort of things.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Small, everyone's
1: welcome. Yeah. Oh, that's great! Thank you very much for calling okay. up, Paul. Keep in touch with us. Uh, we, we're really oh, happy to uh, promote, uh, you know, uh, societies like that. Uh, you know, are uh, looking after people and uh, trying to, uh, yeah. you know, uh, improve, you know, people's plant knowledge. Fantastic.
8: Yeah, we're a small club, but um, yeah, it's um, very friendly and everyone's welcome. So
1: yeah. Okay, really pre- appreciate it, Paul. Thanks very much. Okay. Thank Jeez. you. Bye bye. Uh,
0: We've got Ron now from at Caves Beach, and he's got a question about onion grass. Yes,
1: yeah,
4: Scott. Just uh, the uh, first time I've uh, switched on to your channel, and it's, uh, you've got a very popular show. It takes a while to get on.
1: <laughs> uh, well, we we try our best to get through people, but how can we help you, Ron?
4: Yeah, well, I've got onion grass. Yes. Uh, what do you reckon is the best treatment for onion grass?
1: Well, where have you got it? In the grass, in the lawn, or actually no, in the I, garden? No,
4: I, 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 I had it in the grass, but I sort of got rid of that, but mm-hmm. it got into my garden, and uh, it's been quite... Uh, quite
1: hard trying to get rid of it look it is difficult to get rid of mate have you got uh roses in the area? no I haven't excellent, okay, so the one thing you don't do with onion grass is try and dig it out or pull it out uh, because those little bulblets that are you know down at the bottom of the plant they'll yeah. just sort of slough away and they'll just multiply if you try and dig it or pull it out
4: yeah I've done that
1: okay well you've, you've actually probably spread it unfortunately a little bit through your garden by doing yeah. that
4: yeah I think. Yeah, because can I answer you at the end of what you're going to
1: tell me? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So, fine. look, what I would recommend to you and uh, is actually getting some uh, glyphosate, some Zero. Uh, you know, one of those uh-huh. Roundup type. Zero. Yeah, it's and, been
4: getting bad reports lately.
1: uh but That's yeah, been dangerous. Yes, well, look, it can be. I wouldn't be, you know, people say don't use it around edible plants. Uh, Look, I think in Australia it's still quite fine to use. We haven't had any directives uh, about using it uh, here in Australia. Oh, good. But certainly when you've just got, uh, you know, ornamental plants like you have, you can use that and spray that around. Do it very carefully, of course. Uh, Obviously, you don't want to be... Uh, touching any other plants with it because anything it touches it it will kill so just get down around the uh, you know the base of that onion grass and just give it a quick little squirt in there and uh, it will die off but with zero zero. new ones will come back uh, but you just have to be persistent about it Uh, there's really no other way to do it don't go digging it out don't go uh, you know trying to pull it out Uh, you really just have to be quite persistent with the zero and you will over time get rid of it
4: yeah, well, it's a very clever little plant. I've learned, as you say. Mm. It's got this fine membrane it goes down, and then there's a little nodule, and it'll go down and down and down, doesn't
1: it? It's yeah, it does. And when you, if you actually are successful enough of, uh, to dig one out, sort of holeless bolus, and uh, you get those uh, little bulblets in the main bulb, and you just touch them, and, yeah. they, and they just flake away like a you know a chocolate bar yeah, of the exactly. same name. Yes, so and, I
4: think after about six months, I think I have. Uh, I think I have got rid of them for good because what I did, I started to dig them out, and then I've noticed a little module. <laughs> I, I, got, I got to admire the plane; it's so clever. It goes down. So what I've done, uh, I've, I've dug them out, and then I've dug more earth underneath it mm-hmm. to quite a to quite a depth. It's, it looks like I'm people going past me and said, so, "Geez, what are you doing? There? Are you digging to China?" So I said, I'm digging to China. <laughs> but I think I may, after about a few months' of time, they haven't come up. So I may have got it. So the the thing is to get right underneath it really deep.
1: Yeah, and look, at and, and, and look, you can do that, but again, you know, eventually you're taking away a lot of earth, you are, you know, there's potential. You're just going to disturb them and spread them. That's why I always say, go with the glyphosate. Look, oh, okay. the, the reason I asked about your roses, if you have yeah. roses, because you cannot spray glyphosate, Roundup Zero, whatever you want to call it, right. around roses. It will deform them. So uh, anyone yeah. out there who's gone, ha ha, I'm going to get rid of the uh, onion weed near my roses. Well, don't yeah. be, don't be using Roundup. So uh, in, in what that you're situation. saying to
7: me is
4: that they that potentially they'll just keep on coming. Uh, you just got to uh, get them in the
1: bud. You, you certainly do. You just have to yes. be persistent with onion weed. It's like uh, you know wandering dew. Uh, you yes. know that you have to be persistent with it as well because it sounds, sends down little lateral roots as it spreads along. And uh, I, so I think
4: so clever. I I I've been fascinated by the fact that the membrane, the fine membranes, like a little little uh, baby, and then you will think you've got it, and you'll if you take your time, you will find it will it'll go with them because it's so fine you, as saying, you only just a sort of touch and it comes off
1: Oh, look, they are clever I, I reckon if you could measure the cleverness of onion weed it'd be clever than your average family dog or a, yeah. do, or a dolphin that's how clever onion weed is Well, that's,
4: I, I've, got, I've got it quite a, I, think if I, I think I really I do think I've really got it because I've really gone down uh, to, to sort of rock top virtually but, uh, and they haven't come up for a couple of months with that rain so that's a good sign but um, I'm going to put uh, a big layer of sand first and then the earth on top of that
1: uh, Okay. So
4: hopefully, if I was
0: successful, I'll let
1: you know. Okay, good and you're on you, Ron. Thanks very much for the call, <laughs> no, mate. Talk you. Okay, you have a nice afternoon. Thank you, Cheers, bye-bye. bye-bye.
0: More clever than a dolphin.
1: More clever than... Well, I, I heard that the Labrador and the dolphin were about the same. As us, or...? No, not as us. No, as each other. Okay, they're probably above me. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Where does that put the onion weed, then? That's not...
0: Oh, well, onion's are much more clever than me. No, no, no. Let's not Let's not go down that track. <laughs> We've got Bruce from Fletcher. How can we help you, Bruce? <laughs> Yeah, g'day Scott, just a question about
8: Marea, mate. Um, I've got some around my pool and uh, I'm in trouble off the boss because I've been emptying the pool filter out of leaves in between a couple of the plants and they're now starting to die off as such. I'm just wondering what I might be able to do to bring them back. Uh,
1: So you'd have either chlorine or salt water in that? Yeah,
8: it's it's chlorine.
1: Yeah, Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, you will be in trouble. Uh, the, <laughs> what, what are we going to suggest for you, Bruce? We, we want a happy household uh, out there in Fletcher tonight. Uh, look, the only thing you can really do is try and flush that chlorine, or you know, out from uh, out from the area uh, yep. of the plant. Um, May look, I would suggest giving it a, a very light prune back to try and reduce the stress on the plant as well. But okay. Unfortunately, the only thing you're going to do is to flush that out with water, with uh, non right, yeah. non poor water. Would it be worth water, while,
8: mate. Would it be worthwhile replacing the soil that's around the plant? Uh,
1: look, if it's been washed down that much, it would be you know well down into the soil by now. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I I think doing that would. Uh, you know, you'd be creating work for yourself. Look, it might look good if you're out there sweating over the weekend, digging and replacing <laughs> soil. You might get some some brownie points then. But uh, as far as the health of the plant goes, I don't think it's really going to do too much more. You know, uh, apart yeah, from yeah, yep. from uh, just flushing it out with water. Unfortunately, uh, and look, mate, it's only those two those two plants where you've been uh, you know, doing yeah doing the wrong correct.
8: thing. And I didn't realise it till um, yeah.
1: So it was pointed out to me, obviously. Okay, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it was pointed out to you in a very even-handed and nice way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. The then, mate. I'll, uh, I'll
8: get on that, and I'll see how we
1: go. Okay, give it a light prune. Try and flush it out, and that, that's about the only thing you can do.
8: Excellent. Okay, Thanks so much sorry about that.
0: the bad news, the bad tidings there, Bruce. That's all
8: right. I won't tell the wife about that. Okay, <laughs> good luck with it, mate.
0: Cheers. Sure. Bye-bye. It's also going to do some pretend
1: digging as well. Well, I mean, that's one way to get out of a bit of strife, isn't it? You know, at least you've been out there trying to do something. Slaving away. Yeah. I mean, just sitting there with a hose pouring it in, that's not going to get him very, very nah. many points with the misses, but... Uh... Not at all. You can have a sandwich while you're doing that. You could. Well, he could be probably having a beverage of some kind as well, as he, he sat by the pool and watched the the, uh, the water go down. But, <laughs> but look, unfortunately, there's not much more you can do. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I remember uh, back, uh, you know, doing some learning back in school. That's why the Romans sowed uh, salt, right, into car into the uh, soil of Carthage, so that it would it'd lay the land barren and they could never grow crops there again. They're very it's, cunning, those Romans, weren't they? They certainly were, and it's exactly the same sort of thing. I, hopefully Bruce hasn't been as cunning <laughs> as the Romans. I, I think it might have been more of a mistake
0: than anything. Say what you will about the Romans. Very cunning. Very cunning. We've got Mallory now from the tea garden, and so she's got a question about begonias? Begonias, yes. Yes. Marjorie, how can I help you?
9: Hi, hello, Scott. I've got a couple of magnificent, which turned out to be magnificent, Bossa Nova begonias. Is that the Boliviensis begonia?
1: Look, I I believe so. I'm no great expert on the begonia uh, as such. Uh, Describe it for us.
9: Oh, when I saw them hanging in the um, the shop, I thought they were little orchids and covered in these lemony-coloured, like a pointy, beautifully graceful serrated leaf, um, which turned out to be begonias, masses of flowers, and I loved it so much, so I went back the next week and got another one. But the delight is they died right back, and I thought, I'm reluctant to throw things away immediately, give them another chance, and last week, three in one and four in the other little corms is these beautiful little leaves again.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! And I think I've seen those. You, you described it having a yellow flower. I think I've seen those with a like a, a red flower on them yes. as well.
9: Yes, you can get that as well. Yes. In colour was stunning. Oh, bellissima, bellissima.
1: <laughs> Look, they, they are, and they are a particularly tough plant. I guess the only thing they don't really like here so much is winter in Newcastle, but like you've said, yours has come back uh, from the corm in under the ground and it should go very well again for you uh, during uh, spring and summer. Where were you keeping it? Outside or under a veranda during winter?
9: Sheltered so it wouldn't get much water so that it wouldn't drown. Yes. And obviously it liked that. Now I just want to know um, what would I. Feed
1: it, what with, how often? Yeah, look, I would just use an all-round liquid plant food on those, uh, something that's going to promote flowering for the plant because obviously you want lots of uh, nice flowers on there. So I would just use uh, something like uh, Thrive or Flourish on that plant. Ah, What
9: about MaxiCrop? I'm Uh, a great believer in
1: that. Yes, MaxiCrop's fine. Uh, I think from my memory it was very similar to Thrive as well. So I think you can safely use that. Are they the seaweedy ones? Uh, seaweed ones are completely different. They generally only feed the root system of the plant. So if you're going to uh, use a liquid fertiliser, make sure it's one uh, like uh, uh, Thrive or Flourish. Okay. Okay.
9: But
0: have you heard of... Uh... Oh, I hate to cut that oh. out. We're running out of time, Scott Sharp. So, cruel, so, sorry. so
1: cruel, but uh, hopefully we help Marjorie out enough there. Hopefully enough. Yes. Well, she can call
0: back next week and get we more the, info. We can continue the conversation. Exactly. Scott, Scott Sharp, not? next week. Okay, we'll do it next week.